This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. Today's guest, American filmmaker Bart Sabrell, put out a book in 2021 that documents his journey from being a NASA fanboy to being an outspoken skeptic in regards to the authenticity of the Apollo moon missions, which took place between 1969 and 1972. His films, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon and Astronauts Gone Wild, I love that title almost irrefutably make a case for at least the initial moon landing being a hoax. Both of those films are on his website and are free for the watching. Bart joins us today for the second time to share with us some information that can now be revealed due to the passing of someone that had made a deathbed confession that could only be shared after his death. I start off the conversation by getting right to the heart of the matter and asking Bart what that confession was. Well, the film I'm most known for is called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon and was financed by someone who builds rockets for NASA, who knows the moon missions are fake. And he thought it was his patriotic duty to expose it. And there were things that I knew that I was asked not to put in the film because certain people were still alive when the film came out and they were pursuing their own legal course of action. Uh, Those things are in the book and you can get the book at sabrell.com. I read it in audio or it's on Kindle or print and you can see a funny thing happened on the way to the moon for free at sabrell.com. One of the things that's not in the film that's in the book is the death of the crew that was going to be the first crew to walk on the moon, known as the Apollo 1 crew. And according to one of the astronauts' widow, uh, Betty Grissom, who I interviewed for four hours, and her son, Scott Grissom, who I interviewed for three hours, they are 100% convinced that their father and husband was murdered by the CIA. Because the day before he died, he came home from work and told his wife, who told me, that for some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad. For no explained reason, they've never been there before. And then, of course, the next day, the guy is dead. And he was a known whistleblower complaining that they were a decade away from going to the moon, not a mere two years. 
And so she was pursuing lawsuits and things like that with NASA and the federal government and didn't want anything to interrupt that. So I waited until she died to put that information in the book. And then since the book was published, there were some people who died that I can now talk about uh, certain information that was not put in the book because they were still alive. Now, one of the things that came out, I mean, we have, first of all, four conclusive proofs that unfortunately the moon missions were indeed falsified. And the first is simply logic. You can't have a thousand times farther space traveling capability in 1969 than you can today. Because today with NASA's best technology, they can only send a human being 250 miles into space. That's why the Artemis rocket has mannequins orbiting the moon. So for some reason, they're able to play golf on the moon 50 years ago, but the best they can do today is send mannequins to orbit the moon (laughs) because they can't send people beyond Earth orbit. And so the moon is a thousand times farther than the farthest they can send astronauts today. So that would mean that they had a thousand times greater space traveling technology 50 years in the past than they do today. Well, it's scientifically impossible and it's historically impossible to have greater technology in the past and in the future, which means they lied about the claim of their technological ability in 1969. The military has done that numerous times. So you can prove the moon landings are fake by simply proving you can't have a thousand times greater technology in 1969 than you can today, which is actually what they're claiming. And then secondly, if you go to sabrell.com and click on the top left button, Moon Man video links, because the book is interactive, and click on the second link, the film A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, you'll see in it classified footage we uncovered of the crew of Apollo 11 using a one-foot model to pretend they're halfway to the moon when, in fact, they're still in Earth orbit, with a third track of audio of the CIA heard instructing them how to fake a four-second radio delay to make it appear as though they're halfway to the moon when they're still in Earth orbit. That proves they didn't go to the moon. I showed that footage to an NBC news director who concluded it absolutely proves they did not go to the moon, and yet he refused to broadcast it for fear would cause a civil war. If you can imagine, that's how serious and condemning this footage is that proves they didn't go to the moon, which is in my movie, for free at sabrell.com. You can watch it. I have a question. I have a question right there. So you're saying they could go 250 miles uh, into space, but they can't leave Earth's orbit. So when they made that film, were they actually in within that distance? Within that? Yeah, they were. This is actually fake footage that the astronauts filmed themselves. And if you like, uh, I could queue it up and do a screen share and show it sure, to you. Sure, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, you edit the program, so you edit around me setting it up. <laughs> we just keep it all live. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not live, but, you know, it's okay. not so slick that we, keep, you know, we can't just keep that in there. We're all human beings. Well, so. I mean, uh, yeah, whatever, however you want to do it, I can <laughs> click the uh, present button, share screen, uh, share screen, and then are you seeing, oh, I got to choose this monitor. Yep. And then there we are. There we go. So Perfect. I'll go to uh, my own YouTube channel here. And I'll go to 
the Moon Man, you know, video links, which are down here at the bottom. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Here is the slate for the 19th. So basically, first first thing is we're going to hear the hear the CIA say talk when uh, it's only supposed to be NASA and the astronauts mm-hmm. are the only people who are supposed to be on that channel. So basically, they're only 250 miles above the Earth. So if they get a radio signal from NASA and they respond immediately, as they could have easily done, it would give away the fact that they're really close when they're supposed to be 130,000 miles out, halfway to the moon. So they figured there'd be at least a two-second radio delay of the signal from NASA going to the astronauts if they were halfway to the moon and two seconds coming back. The actual delay would have been much greater uh, because of all the analog equipment, but that's what they guessed it would be. So So what vessel are they in at this point? Well, they're in the spacecraft. They're just in Earth orbit. And they never left Earth orbit. Gotcha. Because they just released four weeks ago uh, the fact that in order to go to the moon, quote, return, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to make 18 fuel trips to the space station first to ferry up all the fuel and then from there go to the moon. And that's what Von Braun originally said. He said, you cannot go to the moon in one rocket unless it were to weigh 800,000 tons. Uh, which would be an economic impossibility to build. He's and of course the Saturn V was only twenty five hundred tons, not eight hundred thousand tons. That's a difference of thirty thousand percent. Wow! So what you're going to see here is them uh, pretending to be halfway to the moon. You'll hear NASA say the picture looks great. You'll hear exactly four seconds of dead air, and then you'll hear the CIA say, "Talk." Basically, after they count off four seconds. And then you'll hear the astronauts answer the question. So here it is. Immediately, Neil Armstrong speaks. Hello, Apollo 11. Houston, Goldstone says that the TV looks great. Over. So the question is, who is this third track of audio saying talk? It's not NASA. It's not the astronauts. And why are they saying talk? Because they're creating a fake radio delay. Mm. The the thing is dated two days into the flight by NASA's own atomic clock timestamp. Mm -hmm. So two days into the flight, they're supposed to be halfway to the moon. And so they say for the part they intended to be broadcast that there's only one window facing the Earth and it's filled up with the TV camera, meaning the lens of the TV camera in the spacecraft has to be butted up against the glass of the spacecraft to shoot the tiny Earth far away. This is allegedly the blackness of space Mm -hmm. looking back at the Earth. But in fact, this is actually the window of the spacecraft in Earth orbit. And you're seeing part of the Earth outside of the window. And it makes it look like the Earth floating in space. We can go to the part where they um, say they're supposed to be 130,000 miles out. Well, we shut out the sun coming in from the other space there. So uh, it's looking through a uh, uh, number one window and there isn't any uh, reflected light. So uh, that's not exactly the segment. I wanted to show you, but basically uh, it's when they claim to be 130,000 miles. And I think it's right here. Reality in low Earth orbit of a few hundred miles. 
Okay, so that's them lying. Mm-hmm. They say they're 130,000 miles out. They say the lens is against the glass, which is another lie. The camera's actually at the back of the spacecraft. They turned out all the lights so that it would have this effect of the appearing to be the Earth floating in space. Now we're going to show you the part where they uh, never showed to the public. Mind you, the beginning of this reel, it says, do not show to the public. Mm-hmm. So this is the Earth floating in space, then what is it we're about to see here? They actually hit stop recording, but it continued recording anyway. And in the top left corner, you're seeing a work light from inside the spacecraft. They have diffusion over it, so it's just enough light to see camera controls, but not throw light on the spacecraft's wall. Now you'll see Michael Collins, one of the astronauts, removing this little crescent piece of material They've inserted to make it look like the Terminator line between night and day. So there he is in front of the window, removing part of the special effect. And then you'll see the lights come up in the real location of the camera, which all the time has been backed away from the window. And you see the very bright and near Earth out the window. So this is conclusive proof that the crew of Apollo 11 is faking being halfway to the moon. Now, If they're faking being halfway to the moon, it's because they cannot go halfway. And what a surprise, 50 years later, they cannot leave Earth orbit. That's why mannequins are leaving Earth orbit. And if you go to sabrell.com and click on the top left button, Moon Man video links, one of the links that we have is of NASA's own scientists saying, that the reason why they can't leave Earth orbit is lethal space radiation that surrounds the Earth starting at 1,000 miles up and is 30,000 miles thick. And every manned mission, Skylab, Space Shuttle, Space Station is well below that, except going to the moon. He says this field of radiation is dangerous, meaning lethal. And then he says, word for word, the technology necessary for an astronaut to go through the radiation and survive on a trip to the moon and back, has yet to be invented. So how did they go through it six times to the moon and back? Well, they didn't because the technology to survive such a trip has yet to be invented to this day. That's why there's mannequins going through the radiation belt when they want to orbit the moon. So we have first we have the proof that you can't have greater technology In the past and in the future, that proves it. Then we have this classified footage of them using a one-foot model to pretend that they're halfway to the moon when, in fact, they're still in Earth orbit, that that proves it. And then I'm going to share my screen one more time. And uh, I'm going to show you a picture that proves I mean, you can prove the moon landing fraud uh, with just one image. And that is this one right here. This is a picture on the right where they claim they are uh, on the surface of the moon. Mm -hmm. Here's an astronaut shadow going at 12 o'clock, and here's a rock. The shadow is going at uh, 9 o'clock. Now, these are objects five feet apart. Now, here is how it's supposed to look. This is real sunlight. Mm -hmm. This is two telephone poles, okay? Right. And they're about feet apart. The sun is a million times bigger than the Earth, and it's 93 million miles away. So it's going to cast shadows in the same direction over an entire continent and certainly over the entire moon. 
The moon is 20 times brighter than a desert on Earth at noon because it has no atmosphere. So the last thing you would need is, need is supplemental lighting. So go outside, stand beside a friend or look at two trees, and you'll see the shadows run parallel. It's impossible for sunlit shadows to intersect. But here they are over here on the right. They're intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart. Well, that means it's an electrical light that is so close that if you stand on the left of it, the shadow goes one direction. And if you stand on the right of it, where this rock is, it goes in a different direction. This photograph here cannot be duplicated in sunlight. It is taken with electrical light, which means they're on Earth. That's what it means. They took no generators, had no need for it, mm -hmm. and didn't have the battery power for them anyway, and claimed, of course, they took them in natural sunlight because it's 20 times brighter than a desert on noon if they're, in fact, on the moon. The fact that these shadows intersect at 90 degrees is 100% proof this picture was taken with electrical light which means they're on Earth and not the moon. So you can prove the moon landing fraud with this one picture. And that's all that it takes. Now, I lost my, um, here we are. Unless there's a studio on the moon, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so that proves it. So I, any of these proofs uh, would prove it. Uh, you can't duplicate that picture in sunlight. It can't mm -hmm. be done. And I'm trying to find uh, find you guys again. Oh, here you are. And you wouldn't be faking being halfway to the moon from Earth orbit when you're supposed to really be halfway. That proves it. And then you can't have greater technology in 1969 than you can today. That proves it. And then my book culminates with a deathbed confession of a gentleman who was actually at the location where they filmed the fake moon photography for the first mission known as Apollo 11. Now, in the book, I go into great detail about this, except for his name. Just go to sabrell.com. You can get the book on audio that I read, Kindle or print. And because this gentleman's son was still alive, I didn't mention his name. He was dying of cancer, and he didn't want to deal with the publicity. Mm -hmm. But he has since passed away since the book was published last year. And I can tell you the name of the person who gave us this information. And in fact, if I do a screen share one more time, I'll show you a picture of him. And uh, let me go ahead and do that. And I'm sharing. And then here we are. Here, here's the gentleman. This gentleman's name was Cyrus Eugene Akers. And every division of the military has uh, their intelligence division or special ops department. Mm -hmm. The Marines have it, the Army has it, and the Air Force has it. And out of all the Air Force bases in the entire world, their headquarters for their Special Ops Intelligence Division is at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. This is where the guy worked. This is where he was chief of security of the most secretive Air Force base on Earth. This is where the Apollo moon landing was filmed because of that extra security. This is Cyrus Eugene Akers. And on his deathbed, he confessed to eyewitnessing the faking of the moon landing as it was filmed in a large airplane hangar on his base June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. He stood beside President Johnson the first day of filming who gave him 
a list of 15 people who are allowed in the visitor's door Mm -hmm. who are allowed to observe the faking of the moon landing. Only these 15 people were allowed in. And he gave us that list, which I publish in the book, some of whom are still alive. Mm -hmm. Now, additional information that's not in the book that I can disclose today is another thing that Cyrus Eugene Akers confessed to. The real confession that he made on his deathbed was not the faking of the moon landing was filmed at his base. What was more important to him as he was dying of cancer and realizing he's going to meet God face to face very soon was being right with God and making sure he wasn't condemned on judgment day. Now, as best as we can tell, one of the few things that we must do to enter eternal life is to confess our sins. And he confessed that he murdered a co-worker in order to keep the moon landing fraud a secret because the co-worker was going to go to a reporter and tell the world because they thought it was morally wrong to fake the moon landings and to lie to the citizens of this country and the world. Wow. So the real confession that he made on his deathbed was that he murdered a close friend. We don't know whether he was ordered to do this Mm -hmm. or whether he did it as his own initiative as the chief of security. But he did murder another person who worked there either in 1968 or 1969. And he went on to say the reason why he did it was to keep the moon landing fraud a secret. So somebody out there could take this information, check the police records of Clovis, New Mexico for 1968 and 69, as well as the newspapers for Clovis, New Mexico, 1968 and 69. And there's somebody who worked at Cannon Air Force Base during that time who either died under suspicious circumstances or just went missing. And this has to be the person that Cyrus Eugene Akers murdered to keep the moon landing fraud a secret. And that would help give closure to uh, his family and people who were, you know, uh, victims, the family members, so that they would get to know what happened to their loved one. And so that's the new information. And part of me, you know, releasing it is to help in the search Mm -hmm. of that information, to help that murdered person uh, be discovered so that uh, the family members can know. You don't make up on your deathbed that you killed somebody. And to him, that was a much more important confession as to why he did it. First, he wanted to know he personally murdered another human Mm. being. And then secondly, he added the reason why he did it was to cover up the moon fraud, which was filmed at Cannon Air Force Base June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. One of the people on this list of 15 eyewitnesses who we published in the book was a gentleman I never heard of by the name of Robert Emmenager, who was a science fiction writer and apparently was brought in as a consultant or he was just in the loop of the people doing this thing. He was he's really big on on, on the government using to trick people into believing in UFOs. Right. He's the same person. He spent his whole life saying UFOs are real and the moon landings are real. Well, right. I guess UFOs are as real as the moon landings, right? <laughs> So here's and, my, uh, just just sorry to interrupt you, but here's my question. Did the murder happen before June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968 or after? 
Well, it had to have happened after because it wasn't until those days that both Cyrus Eugene Akers and the coworker knew that it was was going on there. Uh, They, they basically lied to them and they said, you know, don't worry about this. This is just us rehearsing for the moon landing. Gotcha. But they spent, they spent weeks making the set look realistic, which they wouldn't have to do for training exercise. And then, Secondly, they threatened them with death and the death of their families if they told anybody, which they wouldn't have to do if it was a training exercise. And then thirdly, when this videotape that they recorded a year earlier was finally broadcast, he saw that that was exactly the same thing as what was filmed at his Air Force base. So he knew they faked it. Right. And uh, he knew that was what was going on. Everyone, of course, was sworn to secrecy. And... uh, he murdered a coworker who was going to tell the public of something that he thought was uh, criminal that the government did, and which, of course, it was criminal. So, do there you have any yeah. any evidence evidence if it was a male or a female that he murdered? Well, more than likely, just statistically, it was a male, and uh, it was either in 1968 when the event happened, or in 1968 at uh, nine mm-hmm. when it was broadcast, and at that point the eyewitness that was murdered was somehow enraged uh, right. all the more. Uh, so it's one of those two years. Okay. Uh, I suspect the person just went missing. Sure. And so there has to be some newspaper record or police record in Clovis, New Mexico, of a missing person in 68 or 69 who worked at Cannon Air Force Base. If they wanted to be a little bit more clever, they could have said he died on base in an accident mm-hmm. or had a attack at home but anyone in that small town who worked at the air force base in 68 or 69 who died under mysterious circumstances or went missing is likely that person right and that could be discovered through investigating the police reports or newspapers during those two years did this deathbed confession make any sort of press whatsoever i think i know the answer to the question but well, no, this is the first press about it. Mm-hmm. It's my book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the son wasn't sure what to do with the information. Mm-hmm. And during the 50th anniversary of the alleged walk on the moon, mm-hmm. when uh, a lot of newspapers and TV stations were doing quote anniversary specials about it, I was interviewed by several of those, including HBO, mm-hmm. who did a really good six and a half minute uh, magazine story. Uh, interviewing exclusively people who thought that it was fraudulent. He saw me on television during that interview and judged me to be a sincere person who he could trust with this information, Mm. including the list of 15 people that his father gave him. Wow. If you go to sabrell.com on the homepage are four clips of the 16 that are in my interactive book. And you can hear the son give his deathbed testimony of what his father told him and how he, in fact, did live right across the main gate from Cannon Air Force Base in 1968. And uh, he goes into great detail what his father told him about how for two weeks they brought in truckload after truckload of fake lunar soil for this fake lunar set. And uh, that his father never lied and hated lying and there's no reason for his father to have made up uh, this story. And it falls into place because Robert Ebenegger in his autobiography mentioned he was at Cannon Air Force Base in June of 1968 
for, quote, classified reasons. So we have mm-hmm. double verification that Cyrus Eugene Akers was there, according to Robert Emenegger's book. He's on the list that Cyrus gave. Mm-hmm. So that confirms it. And then his son says his father worked at that base at that time. So we have, you know, independent verification that he was the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base at that time. And then thirdly, Johnson's, according to the presidential schedule, was at his ranch on holiday on June 1st, 1968, one hour helicopter flight from Cannon Air Force Base. So President Johnson was there. He personally gave Cyrus Eugene Akers this list of 15 people who the president approved to eyewitness the faking of the moon landing fraud. And we published that in the book. Now, in the course of editing the book, uh, which was less than two years ago, uh, the son of Cyrus Eugene Akers, who told me this information, his house was broken into. Mm. Everything about his father was confiscated that they could lay their hands on. Wow. And, And a few days after that, he was threatened with death and the death of his family if he ever spoke to me again. This is less than two years ago. So the government is still concerned that the public uh, find out the truth about the moon landing fraud, because unlike 9-11 or JFK, whoever did it, the, all those people are dead. But this is a positive lie. Mm-hmm. This is burned into people's minds and hearts as they prayed and teared up and gave them congressional medals of honor mm-hmm. for lying. And I think if the public finds out about that, it's different. It's like taking candy away from a a, a child or telling the child there's no Santa Claus, it gets a different reaction than, well, who's responsible for the death of people we are already saddened about. This right. is different. And I think the government knows it, that of all the lies that they perpetrated, the moon landing fraud is the one that if exposed would probably cause the deterioration of the federal government. That's what the news director at NBC said. He said, this proves that they didn't go to the moon, but he wouldn't broadcast it because he didn't want to go down in history as the man who caused the next civil war. Uh, Ten years go by, another news director at NBC sees the very same footage, uh, comes to the very same conclusion. They buy exclusive rights to it. They fly me to New York City, put me up in a fancy hotel, interview me. They say they're going to do a nationwide special releasing the fact that the moon missions are fake, showcasing this footage, which proves they never left their orbit. And they cancel the program. And I'm like, well, why did you cancel it? The producer told me they got a threatening call from the United States government. Mm. That's why. The same thing happened with the BBC. They agreed the footage proves they didn't go to the moon. They licensed it. They had it scheduled. And they also got a threatening call from the United States government. And so the government is concerned. Now, uh, it would be one thing if they faked it and never killed anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine you read a story about people tunneling from a dry cleaners underground into a bank, getting away with the gold, and you kind of almost admire them. But not if they killed three people in the process who were husbands and fathers, right? You don't respect them there. Because Betty Grissom... Uh, told me that her husband, who wasn't going to be the first man to walk on the moon, was murdered by the CIA. So the the government knows that as soon as it comes out that the moon landing fraud took place, the very next thing they're going to have to look into is the death of the crew 
who was going to be the first crew to walk on the moon, who their own relatives say were executed by the CIA. Because that means not only are our tax dollars, a third of our bank accounts, a third of our labor being used to lie to us about Mm. putting men on the moon, those tax dollars are also used to hire CIA agents to murder our neighbors who are trying to expose the crimes of the federal government. We're, We're financing the murder of ourselves and our neighbors simply for exposing the crimes of the federal government. I mean, I I talked to the news director at NBC who wouldn't broadcast this because it was true. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me understand this. You're afraid that exposing the corrupt federal government's crimes will bring down the corrupt federal government? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the first document of our country is not the Constitution. It's the Declaration of Independence, which Mm -hmm. says, any government becomes destructive of the life and liberty and pursuit of happiness of the people under their care, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Well, life is the first one. Our government murdered Gus Grissom, uh, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee because they wouldn't cooperate with the moon landing fraud. Our government became destructive of the life of their own people. And Robert McNamara on his deathbed as he was defense secretary during the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And the whole war started because of an alleged attack of a North Vietnamese ship on an American ship in the Gulf of Tonkin. Mm -hmm. And that war led to the death of 3 million people, including 58,220 Americans. Mm -hmm. He said on his deathbed, that event that started the war never happened, that he and the CIA made it up. So if the American government is willing to kill 58,220 of their own people without cause, I think they're willing to fake an image on a television, you see? So we have homicides being committed by the federal government intermingled with the one that will be the greatest shock to the public. That's why they're still threatening people less than two years ago with death for exposing the moon landing fraud, because they know. Even though the moon landing fraud killed fewer people than even the JFK witness Mm -hmm. assassination or 9-11, it's the one that will break the hearts and minds of the American people more than any other, because this is a positive thing you're taking away. Right. And when people realize the government is so arrogant to print in the encyclopedia that they walked on the moon when they didn't, to print it on coins that they walked on the moon when they didn't, printed it on stamps that they walked on the moon when they didn't. You see? Hold ticker tape parades for them, give them medals of honor for being such good liars. Exactly. And so this is the finger out of the dike, and that's why they're so concerned to this day that the truth might come out. And I don't know why. Joe Rogan and Alex Jones haven't had me on their programs when we have this breaking information. You would think it would be relevant. Sure. That we have an eyewitness to the moon landing fraud who said so on his deathbed. I that do have another I do have another question about that. Is Cyrus's son still alive or did you no, say he, he died and that's why I'm able to tell you his name? How did now. he die? Well, he died of cancer also. Oh uh, wow. And there's more to this story that's not in the book. Basically, when when he was told by his father that his father committed homicide, mm-hmm. he called the police and the wow. military police showed up. 
and their local police showed up. And this enraged his father. Mm. And they had such a falling out in the last days of his life that his son literally changed his last name to not be associated with the murderer. And uh, that's not in the book. So that's why the video at Sebral.com is from Gene Gilmore, because he changed his name from Acres to Gilmore. And his father and he never spoke again because he called the police on his father. Maybe maybe he should have done that. Maybe he should have waited until after his father died. I don't know. But that happened. Um, I'm familiar, let me just put it this way, with an, another crime, an, not moon-related, mm-hmm. where a relative of someone I know potentially committed homicide against another relative. And, you know, that's a big can of worms and people in the family, uh, you know, are basically shunning other people forever because that could have taken place. And one person wants to expose it and the other person does not. All I know is the good thing is if you believe in God, that God is very merciful. And as far as I know, in all the years I've been watching, quote, the evening news, I've never seen a single story in 50 years of a bank robber at large, a murderer at large, a rapist at large, who years later decided to do what was right to turn themselves in. I've never seen that a single time. And yet, that's all we have to do to live forever. But so few people are willing to do that. When I caused, uh, called Buzz Aldrin a liar, a coward, and mm-hmm. a thief, mm-hmm. a liar for obvious reasons, a thief for charging $2,000 for an interview about something he didn't do. That's stealing the money. Mm -hmm. But that's not what enraged him. What enraged him and why he punched me was me calling him a coward. Now, first, let me say, I've been a thief. I've been a liar and I've been a coward myself. But the book of Revelation, second to the last chapter, lists a bunch of unrepentant sins that will prevent you from entering eternal life, including sexual immorality, including lying, including thievery. But you know what the first one is? It says the following will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And top of the list is the cowardly. Do not fear is in the Bible 365 times, one for every day of the year. It's the most repeated commandment of God. Why are people taking medicine for an illness they don't even have? Because of fear. Exactly. And and Hebrews 2, uh, verses 14 and 15, it says that Satan holds mankind in slavery because of their fear of death. Why is everyone submitting? Fear of death. And God says 365 times, do not fear. That's why the cowardly do not enter eternal life. Buzz Aldrin is simply afraid to look bad. He spent his whole life telling all his relatives and making millions of dollars off of walking on the moon when it never happened. And in order to confess, which he must do, in my opinion, to enter eternal life, he has to admit that while he's still alive. He has to be willing to look bad, but he's afraid to look bad. I would be more afraid to look bad before God than men. So I hope he changes his mind about that. But that's simply the case. It's his vanity that he will not confess that the moon missions were indeed falsified. 
Plus, there are other people he'd be indirectly confessing for, Mm -hmm. seemingly. Other people who also claim to walk on the moon. But I think he should do it for himself. If he confessed that the moon missions were fake before he died, you know, he would be my hero once again. Like, just like he was when I thought the moon missions were were real. So here's a question. What is it possible, in your opinion, Bart, that... These men were hypnotized or brainwashed into believing that they actually went to the moon because, you know, there are tons of military and government experiments, MKUltra, where people are, you know, the Manchurian candidate, where they are, are basically put into these different scenarios, hypnotized, and then a keyword is said. So is it possible that he truly believes that he went to the moon? No, it's not for the following reasons. Uh, first of all, we talk about MK Ultra, and there's no question that Sirhan Sirhan was one of those people. Mm-hmm. He still did not fire the shot that killed Kennedy. He fired a shot right. up into the air, into a wall or something. But that mm-hmm. was enough to frame him from being there, having powder burns and firing some shot. That That was more than enough to be able to frame him for it. The problem is that type of hypnosis is highly unreliable. Mm. Now, if you go to my website, sabrell.com, one of the things I forget that's in my bio is that I've been on the stage or film at least 500 times doing live theater. I've taken hundreds of hours of acting classes and I've taught dozens of hours of acting classes. I know acting technique. Mm -hmm. Now, Eugene Cernan, who was allegedly the last man to walk on the moon, had the most training to pretend like he walked on the moon. And I can spot acting training when I see it. And Eugene Cernan has acting training, how to visualize something that's not true, to have the emotion as if it is true. You you can't hypnotize somebody because it doesn't work most of the time. And then you'd have a bigger problem because you'd have people admitting they you know, were hypnotized or didn't walk on the moon or whatever. The safest way to fake the moon landing is to train them how to lie. Mm. Now, if you go to sabrell.com and watch a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. To me, the convincing proof that proves that they didn't go is that part where they're faking being halfway to the moon. Right. But one out of five people say it's their expressions at their initial press conference, yeah, which exactly. I only show for like 10 seconds during the film, mm-hmm. where they look like they're at the funeral at their mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really walked on the moon and survived a one in 10,000 chance of making it back successfully, which is a classified report that Von Braun actually wrote to the Pentagon, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. It would yeah. be like the winning locker room of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but they look the exact opposite, like they're lying and they don't want to. You can see it on their face. And uh, two of the three astronauts of the first historic mission don't give interviews. They don't want to have anything to do with it. In fact, I personally went to the archives. I talk about this in my book at sabrell.com. I went to the archives myself where they have walk-in vaults of what are alleged the original pictures from the moon. Mm -hmm. And I talked to them there. I said, please, you know, bring me one picture of, you know, Neil Armstrong, most famous man in the world on the most famous mission in the world. 
just a still picture, a photograph, him standing on the surface of the moon, just one. Mm-hmm. There aren't any. They went in and came out, scratched their heads. They went in and they came out, scratched their heads. They weren't aware of the fact that there's actually not a single picture of Neil Armstrong standing on the surface of the moon. He refused to have his picture taken, didn't want to have any association with it, as minimal as possible. Now, there are excuses while he was taking the picture, so he's not in any of them. Well, I think if there's a 500-degree temperature difference between light and shadow and micrometeorites and radiation, you might want to have a backup camera. Otherwise, you have no pictures at all of the mission if he drops the camera, right? Which is, of course, what they would do if they were really there, but he didn't want any pictures taken, and they let him get away with it because he was on the visitors list on the list that we published of the 15 people, he was one of the people, Neil Armstrong. He wasn't in the suit. He was there just to observe the double who was in the suit as they filmed the faking of the moon landing. Mind you, they have gold visors on and you never see their faces, right? Right. Plus he probably as strong as he was, didn't have the stamina and they probably didn't want to risk injuring him standing in these unair conditioned spacesuits under hot, light to simulate the sun for hours and hours and hours while they tried to get good takes. You know, the guy would be dehydrated. <laughs> you know, they probably had some really good athlete in those suits uh, doing that part for him. So these are the facts. And it's like, if you have cancer, do you want to know? Or do you want to pretend like you don't? I would want to know. And if you act like you don't have cancer when you do, it's just going to grow and infest the whole body. And so when Orwell said, whoever controls the past controls the future, this is the perfect example. Mm. The people controlling the past that the moon missions are real when they're not are the same criminals controlling our future, which means unless the moon landing fraud is exposed, our government will remain corrupt until the end of time. So it has to come out in order for us to have a a federal government that has integrity. Otherwise, they never will have integrity. The bank robbers will just keep on robbing bank after bank after bank. They have to get caught. They have to acknowledge it. They have to admit it. And if they don't, they're just going to keep deceiving people and murdering people to cover it up because that's what they did and what they continue to do to this day. Do you think it's a generational thing? that maybe they're waiting for just people to die out because there's some people who just don't have as much of an emotional connection or an emotional charge to the moon landing. So it's like, you know, people that are in their fifties, that's kind of the last generation of people who really care about it. So they're just waiting till like our generation dies out. And then, you know, people who are younger than us, it's like, oh, well, whatever. They don't really give a shit if if we landed on the moon or not. Well, there's some truth in that. The fact is, to my knowledge, officially, the federal government, the CIA, has no plans whatsoever to ever tell the truth Mm -hmm. about it. Now, the truth in what you're saying is, because the people who were burned emotionally imprinted with men on the moon, Mm -hmm. the adults who were watching it on TV at the time, because those people are dying off, it is true that the newer generations are much more objective to seeing whether the moon missions were faked or not, and all the evidence points to them being fake. And so whether they'll actually tell the truth about it, I don't think so. I think the reason why they've done this little adventure we've been going through for the last 
three years Mm -hmm. and why a former vice president of the company making the medicine for the illness that people don't even have who are taking it anyway. If he says what's going on the last three years is uh, a fraud and that the medicine is not good for you. And his conclusion is they're intentionally trying to lower the number of people who are around on the planet. Then it's my belief uh, because Janet Napolitano said, the day she resigned, that a natural disaster is coming Mm -hmm. that has never happened in the history of America. Now, we've had earthquakes and volcanoes, and you you certainly can't know about those in advance, right? And all of those have happened in America. So the only natural disaster that has never happened in America that you could also know about in advance is a comet or an asteroid or a rogue planet because of the map. Mm -hmm. So I believe something like that is coming. And that's why they've turned up the heat on quickly lowering the population now in what is perceived to be an incremental way. It's no coincidence that Hitler's useless eaters list and phase one of the medicine are identical. The elderly, the obese, the diabetic, because they want to trim off those people first. I believe they're doing it now in preparation for this event. If you believe the Bible, the Bible talks about two or three meteors hitting and that the first one kills off uh, a quarter of the population. That's eight billion down to six billion. And the next one kills off the remaining uh, remaining third. That's six billion down to four billion. Well, that's half the people dying Mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time, which I believe would shock society, the uh, economic system and the food supply system to too great a degree. Uh, the people who run the world want to be able to travel and uh, have you know hotels and butlers and everything. Right. So I believe they're lowering the number of people on the earth incrementally through this little adventure we've been going through in preparation for a solar system catastrophe. That's why they keep putting off returning to the moon. They've said right. over the last 50 years, they're going to return to the moon in five years, 10 times. I mean, they can't even put a telescope in Earth orbit on schedule. The Hubble telescope was 10 years behind schedule with much more advanced technology than Apollo. Mm-hmm. The only time NASA has ever kept a schedule is the most complicated mission of all time. Right, exactly. They said, they said they were going to have people orbiting the moon in 2018. They said that in 2014. Yeah. And they're 100, they're double the time behind schedule. It took them eight years just to send mannequins to orbit the moon. So I think they're going to keep postponing it until this comet asteroid or whatever strikes and then no one's going to care whether the moon missions are real or not by that time. Right. And also, if you notice, like the JFK assassination, they finally, quote unquote, solved that crime. And it was revealed that it was the CIA who killed JFK. And that's been kind of... You know, just a speed bump in the the news cycle. Like it's really been not really uh, talked about very uh, fervently. And again, I think it's because a lot of the people who witness that are either deceased or they're elderly, and they're not really the population that is active in social media. So it's kind of just like, oh yeah, we. The CIA killed JFK. <laughs> On to the next well, thing. It's still not, it's still not part of the official record because uh, until it's in the encyclopedia, right? That the CIA killed Kennedy. It's not 
been publicly established by the federal government. They're still lying about it. The federal government still says Oswald killed Kennedy when that's clearly not the case. And if Robert Kennedy Jr., who has more access to the information about his uncle's assassination than anybody, says that he was murdered by the CIA, then you better believe it. Mm -hmm. Which means our federal government is not only killing Apollo astronauts, they're killing Vietnam War veterans, they're killing their own president who will not cooperate uh, with their dark plans for the country. And so honest people cannot rise to the top when both political parties are corrupt because the Democratic Johnson supervised the faking of the moon landing and Republican Nixon gave it the thumbs up when he could have stopped it. Mm -hmm. So both parties are guilty for being corrupt. Just ask Ron Paul or Bernie Sanders if an honest person can ascend to the top. They can't. They have that completely under control. Voting is meaningless. Our Republican and Democratic Congress and Senate did not vote on whether to fake the moon landing or not. It was done anyway. Yeah. So voting for representatives is meaningless and voting for one party or the other for president is meaningless because both presidents were were involved from both parties in faking of the moon landing. Ninety percent of Americans wanted GMO labeling if food contained GMO mm-hmm. and the president vetoed it. A democracy is when 51 percent get to have their way, but 90 percent can't have their way. It's meaningless. So voting is a complete waste of time. You're better off taking a nap for that hour, and it would be a better (laughs) use of your time. People need to stop voting because it means it is meaningless. And they want us fighting each other so we don't go after them. And so this is what a lot of the alternative media doesn't see. They still think, you know, one party is better or worse than the other. And that's simply not the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both parties have valid points about certain things, and you're better off taking the best of both. And so the the same with, uh, you know, trusting the media too much. It's like the alternative media knows 9-11 is a scam. Mm-hmm. They know that JFK assassination is a scam. They know what we've been going on for the last uh, three years is a scam. But suddenly they're repeating everything the mainstream media says about Chinese balloons. Yeah. I mean, the, the CIA and China are madly in love with one another. And they could like a fake wrestling match with real deaths, stage World War III, completely organized so that, you know, in this country, uh, we think China's the enemy, and in China, they think America's the yeah. enemy. And like, you just can't believe they're, rep- they're repeating the talking points of the mainstream media like it's true. Yeah. The same liars who, who are, have always been liars. I mean, you have to think outside the box. And yeah, if you go to sabrell.com, you'll see I'm starting a new podcast called Bart Sabrell's Box Escape. Oh, cool. I love because it. The, the mainstream media can be misled, just like repeating everything they say about the Chinese balloon, repeating everything, you know, they quote leak out about UFOs. Well, Edgar Mitchell spent his whole life saying the moon landings are real and that aliens are real. Well, the aliens are just as real as the moon landings. <laughs> so I even wrote an article that took me hundreds of hours to research at sabrell.com that talks about the alien deception and how the government really wants you to believe in them, which means it's not true. Mm. And so it's like, they don't care if you think the, uh, you know, the boogeyman uh, illness escaped from an animal or the boogeyman illness escaped from a science department. As long as you believe there's a boogeyman virus going around. Exactly. And they don't believe why you believe the moon landings are real. 
either the, you know, because we, Neil Armstrong did it or because secret astronauts did it, communing with aliens. They don't care as long as you believe that it's real. Yeah. And so they have one lie for the 75% who follow the mainstream media, which is, you know, it came from an animal. And then they have another lie, also a lie, for the 25% alternative media. Okay, but it's very serious. It came from a scientific uh, organization. That's made up too. If it weren't made up on both instances, then they wouldn't have to fake the, uh, what's, the what's the right wording so it won't get censored, the uh, procedures for telling you whether you have an illness or not, which they fake. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't have to call gunshot wounds and motorcycle crashes uh, dead from that illness. Exactly. You know, it's real. So both stories are made up. And one is for the alternative media. One is for the regular people. You see? We have to understand that about everything that goes on. They, they want us to think China's an enemy. They want us to think we're being spied on so that they can get all this funding right. for the military industrial complex. And they're being used. The alternative media is being used about China. They're being used about UFOs. So, so. what about, what about uh, the meteor? Do you think that that could be faked? Because like the... The next thing that they're talking about rolling out is the UFO, like the the ET invasion. Fake invasion, yeah. Well, there's there's a combination of that. Meteors can be faked. It's called the Thor Project. Uh, about 25 years ago, they have suborbital aircraft that we don't know about, and they they tested it several times where they take a titanium rod about two and a half inches in diameter and a little more than a meter long, and they drop it over a target Mm. so that it attains the velocity of a meteor and it destroys a city without radioactive fallout, which is what they want to do uh, potentially in the future during a war is have nuclear capability without the fallout. So they basically have created man-made meteors, which they could trick us into thinking are natural if they wanted to. Mm. But what's also known, if you believe in God, is that during the last days, as spoken of in the book of Joel and quoted in the book of Acts, that many believers will have visions in the last days. And the gentleman who had a vision that the Pope would resign, and it happened, even though everyone said he's a fool for saying so, he had a vision a little more than a year ago that he saw a rock falling from the sky, hitting the ocean over the coast uh, of San Diego, causing a tidal wave to come in a couple of hundred miles, and he was told the name of the rock. The name is Apophis, which comes from Apollo, which means destroyer or liar. So they're really saying the moon landings are a lie in the name Apollo. And then Apollo is also the god of destruction, comes from Apophis. He said uh, that he was told the name of this rock. Now, he knows nothing that if a meteor hits the ocean, it will cause a tidal wave. He didn't know that, but that's what he saw. Mm. So he called a friend at the Pentagon and said, what do you know about Apophis? He says, well, how do you know about that? He says, I don't know. What do I know? He says, it's a near-Earth asteroid that's going to come near the Earth on April 13th, 2029. It's going to come closer than the communication satellites. And if it did hit the Earth, it would be 40 times bigger Mm. than the one that exploded over Russia a few years back. And he says they're telling the public it's not going to hit. But the fact is, they don't know. And he warned them back, it is going to hit. God told me so. Wow. So if they knew about that hitting, I suspect they would let it hit. 
Mind you, they want to lower the number of people on the earth. It's their stated goal out of their own mouths. They want to lower the number of people by 94%. So what better way to do it and to not be blamed for it than for a meteor to Mother Nature to do it for you? So I suspect they're going to let something like that happen. They'll prepare for it. Uh, but they won't tell the general public, and that will be one of the tools that they use to lower the number of people on the earth. Bummer. <laughs> on that note. Well, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not going to live forever regardless. No. And so there are many indicators we are living in the last days that things will get physically worse in society and in nature, including nature from outer space. I had a vision after my heart surgery where I saw – uh, not what was in front of my natural eyes, but I saw a huge white lettering in front of me that said Luke 2111. Mm. Like, like, oh, that's pretty specific. I wonder wonder what scripture that is. So I look it up as Jesus answering the question, what will be the signs of the end of the age? And mm. Luke 2111 is him answering that question and in which he says there will be uh, earthquakes, great earthquakes in various places. There will be disease pandemics. There will be food shortages, and there will be great signs in the heavens. So I think God is telling me the end times have begun. No more wondering. This is it. And so I had a dream about a year after that, a year ago, where I saw a license plate on the front of the car in a dream. And it said Mark 13, 13 through 14. Look that up. And that's, again, talking about the end times, firstly, about persecution of believers, and that has begun. And secondly, the part that stood out to me, and I think my interpretation is it's the meaning of the vision in the dream. It says, flee to the mountains. So I think God is telling me, now's the time to relocate if you want to batten down the hatches, because soon you will not be able to relocate. Mm. So any, any physical preparation that you need to do, you know, extra food, you know, moving to the country or whatever you want to do, now is the time while the, those resources and opportunity are in existence, because soon they will not be. And so I think this is coming. And it's good news and bad news. It's bad news for people who are not right with God. And it's good news for people who are right with God because the end is in sight. The reign of the evil people who run the world is about to come to an end. And the Bible promises in the new heaven and the new earth, which it says will be destroyed by fire from above, right? Uh, sin will never happen again. This is a, this is a lesson mankind is letting it uh, God is letting mankind run its course, their sin, to demonstrate to us the folly of sin and the danger of sin. And once the faithful are faithful to the end, we'll have a new heaven, a new earth, and sin will never happen again. And the evil people will have gained the world and lost their soul. Mm. So they're making a bad trade. Mm. Uh, so I put all my eggs in one basket against secular advice and that basket is in heaven that basket is in staying repentant until the very end and in trusting god and his promise to forgive all my sin as long as i renounce it and uh, that's why cyrus eugene acres renounced his sin on his deathbed he wanted to get right with god and you don't make up that you're a murderer as you're dying unless it's true and when he adds the reason why i did it 
was to cover up the moon landing fraud, which took place at my base in June of 1968. You better believe it's the truth. And it's so much the truth that his son telling me this information warranted two government agents showing up less than two years ago and threatening he and his family with death if he ever spoke to me again. So it's ironic that mankind's greatest accomplishment done by the alleged, you know, greatest country on earth is a complete fraud, right? And then Tricky Dick Nixon had the audacity to say when he knew they were not on the moon that putting a man on the moon was the greatest event since creation. Wow. You know, it's like putting in print about the Titanic the ship that God himself could not sink. You see? Wild. So do you think that, that the government uh, stole all those documents prior to Cyrus's son dying? So they, they have all of the documents now, like the list and. Well, the, the government is smart. They're not going to leave around any proof right. of the crimes that they committed. I mean, the idea Uh, that there's some condemning JFK document. I mean, it's possible if new honorable people in the CIA, you know, put them in a different vault that the evil people can access. I don't Mm. know. But, you know, they're not going to leave a trail. They know better than that. And so the likelihood is they destroyed everything about the moon landing fraud and they destroyed everything about the JFK assassination having been supervised by the CIA. Mm. The eyewitnesses, though, can give a testimony, and an eyewitness to a murder can condemn the guilty party. And we have an eyewitness who said he saw the fake filming of Apollo 11 at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. So we know they didn't go to the moon. They can't go to the moon today, so they certainly couldn't go to the moon 50 years ago. And we have proof in my film of them faking being halfway to the moon. We have shadows intersecting. That cannot happen in sunlight, deathbed confession, and the fact that they destroyed all the hardware, schematic, blueprints, videotape of going to the moon, which way they would never do if they went, but it's exactly what they would do if they perpetrated a fraud. So that proves it right there. So it has to come out on the record, you know, acknowledged by the government in the encyclopedia that the CIA killed Kennedy and that the moon landings are fake until it is officially so. And once it is officially so, I think the American public and the world will wake up to this world of deception that we live in continually, that just because every newspaper and every radio station and every magazine says there's some boogeyman, you know, virus circling the earth and that this medicine is good for you doesn't mean it's true. Because every newspaper in the world, every radio station, every magazine, every TV said men were on the moon when, in fact, they were in Clovis, New Mexico a year earlier on videotape. You see? So the world is held in deception by the people who run it who are criminals, and they have to lie to cover up their crimes. That's why the mainstream media, which they easily control, lies continually. That's why we don't believe them when... They say UFOs are real or the Chinese balloon is a threat or whatever else. If we didn't believe them before, why should we believe them about that? So the only final question I have that I'm, I'm confused by is the film that they filmed when they were actually in the air, you said somewhere between 20, 250 miles above Earth, that was filmed 
in June or that was filmed? No, that was done, uh, you know, the, during the okay. mission. The TV image that yes. we have uh, of them pretending to be halfway right. to the moon was actually from the spacecraft. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they never left Earth gotcha. orbit. So it was supposed to be live, but part of the recordings that we uncovered of the unedited footage, they acknowledge it's actually for playback later after gotcha. it's edited. They say so. They say so in the unedited okay. reel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they they were supposed to have a color TV camera looking back at the mm-hmm. Earth, and so they came up with a way that the astronauts could fake that from Earth orbit. Gotcha. Now, had I seen just the ten or twenty seconds, you know. Of the of it looking good, I I doubt if I would have figured it out. But we have the unedited version where the lights come up, and you see it's a one foot model of the Earth using you know the window in Earth orbit. So that means they're faking being halfway to the moon, which means they didn't go. Even my critics admit that it is them faking being halfway to the moon, but they say they went to the moon anyway, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> And this very same footage is in every NASA documentary as being authentic Mm -hmm. as what it looks like halfway to the moon, you see? And here we are 50 years later, and they still cannot leave Earth orbit, which is why they were faking being halfway to the moon. They can't leave Earth orbit because of radiation. NASA admitted it. And that's why there's mannequins orbiting the moon today. So they can't have greater technology in the past and in the future. That's impossible. Mm -hmm. True. Which means the moon missions were fake, whether you like it or not. Well, Bart, your your research and your experiences are impeccable. And I have learned so much by reading the book. I highly recommend anybody listening to go to your website, which you want to mention it one more time. Yeah, just my last name dot com. Uh-huh. S is in Sam. I B is in boy. R E L. Sabrell dot com. And read Moonman, an excellent book. I actually listened to it. So, yeah, great, great stuff. And the, all the free stuff that you have on your website to watch is just amazing. And if you leave that thinking that this thing actually happened as we were told that it happened, you have an extraordinary sense of denial, for sure. So thanks so much, Bart, for, for putting yourself on the line and getting this information out there that many of us need to hear. Well, thank you for having me on and take care. And if you could just put the link uh, to the book in your description. Absolutely. And that way people can check out the free videos for themselves. God bless. And thank you again so much for being on the show. It's been an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to speak to you again. No problem. You all take care. Yes. All righty. You too, Bart. Thanks. Wow. Wow. That's well, a guy just came from the moon. <laughs> How do you how do you like how I punctuated that with bummer? <laughs> I think it was appropriate for sure. Uh, kind of uh, on a ending on a dark note, but um, yeah, that's uh, where Bart's uh, view of all of this kind of ends. Thinking that this natural disaster is what's going to come and punctuate, <clears throat> excuse me, this era of humankind. Um, I don't know what I feel about that part of it, but all the rest of it about the moon landing, I'm pretty much on board with all of it. You know, it reminds me of 12 monkeys. It reminds me of, you know, someone like someone having all of the pieces and trying to put the puzzle together and, you know, someone thinking it's A when it's F and, 
And I just feel like there's probably a lot of truth to what he's saying. And for me, the seed that I walk away with is you need to get yourself right with the source. You got to, you got to have your, your house in order. And I think that that's the most important thing, regardless of whether or not the moon landing actually happened is that I just think as humans, we have to live by certain tenants and we have to, to do the right thing. And the right thing is not lying is, is, uh, being truthful, being, uh, brave and uh, having courage and not being cowardly. And I think that those are really valuable lessons. So regardless of what you think about the other stuff, about the religious aspects, um, because that may turn some people off. Some people may not feel that connection to spirit or source or God or whatever, however we want to name uh, this higher being or higher power we're talking about. Yes. Well, you people just have to have their translators uh, up and running uh, to, yeah, I don't know, translate the, 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 what's the word that I'm looking for? Not syntax. The, you're not going to help me, are you? The, um, damn it. I hate. Voyage. Yeah. We'll go with verbiage. Uh, to know what that translates to what that means to you. Anyway, all this hype about the moon landing and it being on stamps and them commemorating it every decade and so on and so forth feels to me in light of this information like overcompensation. Um, so the more that they push this thing out into the public and the more that they, the higher the pedestal they put these astronauts on and this supposed achievement, um, it makes it, more insipid and outrageous for somebody to, to therefore question all of that. Um, and we're seeing the, seeing the same thing with the COVID narrative now, uh, constantly barraged by uh, information that's telling us exactly how we should be apprehending what is happening. And therefore, you know, it leaves no room, no wiggle room at all for questioning. And that's, this is a perfect example of, of that dynamic. Well, I I think I tend to lean toward the idea, and this is why I brought it up, I tend to lean toward the idea that these men were brainwashed, they were hypnotized, they ha experienced some form of mind control. Uh, I think you could use that as an adjunct to acting, but I, I think that it's extremely possible that, that that took place because, again, when you're looking at the time period, this is when a lot of that experimentation was happening in the government. So what a perfect thing to use, a uh, perfect tool to use. I could totally understand why you would say that, but to me, the astronaut's behavior... Uh, tells me otherwise. I think if they were brainwashed, then they would be more than glad to uh, go on, on, on the record to right. state every little last detail of their, but they don't yeah, remember I don't, shit. They, I don't think they're, so. They're, 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 they're twitching in their seats. They seem uncomfortable. They get angry and violent. And right. But that, again, that goes along the lines of someone who has been brainwashed 
is that they become agitated when they are challenged. So I think it's very possible that that happened because, and it could, it could be with an expiry date. It could be like during the event, you know, they believed something was happening. And then after the event, you know, it's wearing off. It's like LSD or, you know, any other type of psychedelic. So I'm just saying I've never heard one person suggest that. And I just think it's something worthy of considering in the field of possibilities is that it could be that could be something that that the government I wouldn't put it past the government to do something like that. Sure. Yeah, of course. No, that's not a question of that at all. I've got totally. Yeah. The government is perfectly capable of doing things like that. I just don't see it in this particular circumstance. So you hear fucking Corey Good give more details. Well, that's not a good example. <laughs> Tony Rodriguez give way more detail in, you know, hours and hours of it, but no astronaut has ever done that. They summarize and simplify and, you know, they don't seem delighted to recant their story. They seem right. like they're... You know, there's some kind of inner conflict there. Right, which could, again, you know, if this is uh, mind control in its early stages, you know, doing something to this degree, and they were, you know, dosing people and, and doing all types of experiments, it's very possible that their behavior is consistent with that. So I, I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there to the yeah, audience yeah. as something to consider. Sure. And that's what all of this is. We, you know, we don't have, uh, Bart has incredible uh, data that he has collected. He has incredible intel that he has collected. We don't. We're, we are just throwing stuff up against the wall to see what lands or doesn't land. Hey, hey, oh, see what I did there? I believe it landed. <laughs> so I think it's important. Again, this is what we're here to do, is we're here to have these conversations, these interesting conversations with super interesting Hopefully. people, and see what what other people think. So please feel free to leave us a comment. You know, what, what are your perspectives? Some people totally believe that it happened some people don't believe that it happened and there's room for discussion with both people sure but only two yeah at a time oh two. two at a time like because i only have arc. two ears <laughs> i lost my train of thought what was i going to say you got something else to say yeah, I, you know, again, I think that, that he brought up all kinds of interesting points about the meteor, um, flee to the mountains, you know, the name of this meteor that that is uh, allegedly going to hit the earth in 2029. I want to, you know, I always want to nail that stuff down. Like, do you got a month for me? Can you tell me? Yeah, exactly. He told us where, which is good, San Diego. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of overlap that I get from lots of different places. It's some natural disaster, whether it be a pole shift, a meteor, sun flare, you know, like that's something that comes up over and over again. And it seems to be, um, the probability is supposed to be within the next five years, if not sooner that something like that's going to happen. So yeah, I don't know. Again, but he has a good point as far as that's concerned that those 
kinds of things are predict- predictable because they do happen. I mean, it's the sky clock, really. Right. But it's also, again, we're talking, when we kind of dip into that, we're talking about geoengineering. We're, we're talking about weather modification. It is entirely possible that these events are uh, predictable because they are controlled. They are things that, that are, that are, are being, uh, you know, put on the calendar basically. So, you know, I don't think like, oh, you know, wow, they just had another earthquake. What a weird accident or what a weird coincidence. Like this is stuff that these are technologies that are being utilized and used against populations, used used against other governments. So it is entirely possible that the government could, you know, fake a meteor crash with this, I, my God, see, this is why I love people like Bart is that he brings things up that, you know, rabbit holes that we can now go down the Thor project. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. You look like you want to start researching it right now. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it makes my head hurt I don't want the Thor project Yeah, he just brought that up in an interview that I was listening to uh, Either today or yesterday And the, yeah, that was compelling, for sure um, And I did hear an interview with him yesterday, for sure And the guy host, hosting the podcast had somebody who disagreed So it was like a, not like a debate, but like a, a conversation um, And the guy still wasn't buying it which is like, come on, are you freaking kidding me? But it would be interesting. I meant to ask him, uh, but it kind of got lost in the wayside, if he has had many debates with people and how those ended up, whether people staunchly were holding on to their storyline, their little lullaby, or whether they actually started going, oh, well, I don't know, maybe you got something there. I think it depends on how invested you are. And that's why I think there's a generational aspect to this, that they're really waiting for people to pass on across the Rainbow Bridge, you know, for for these next few generations who don't really, aren't as invested in it. Sure. I think some of that has to do with how you interpret uh very monumental events, how you, for instance, look at the uh, assassination of JFK. Do you think that the CIA did it or do you think that this lone wolf did it or, and then what does the, what are the implications of that? Does that mean that, okay, well, if a president decides to go a particular path, then they can be taken out just because they're not going along with the program would well, that implies lots of things like right but think of right now if we went to our sons and said do you know who JFK is do you know who Lee Harvey Oswald is i would almost guarantee that our youngest son has no idea who JFK is or who Lee Harvey Oswald is. Maybe Lee Harvey, but I, I don't know about JFK because he, you know, he shares a house with us every other week. But anyway, you said generational. I'm talking about people from that generation. Right. Yeah. So that's what, that's my point, is that people who witnessed that event are easily in their 70s, 80s, 90s. 
those are the people that they're waiting for those people to pass. People in our, like my age, I wasn't born yet when JFK was assassinated. So it predates me enough that I was around as an infant when the Warren Commission was happening and when the, when they, they were having all of these uh, fake investigations about whether or not it was it, who actually shot Kennedy. Right. (laughs) So, you know, and again, you know, there's this re-traumatization with MLK being assassinated with Robert F. Kennedy being assassinated. So I grew up in the era where, these were discussions that were being had by adults sure. and a lot of those adults are passing across the rainbow bridge. So I, all I'm saying is that there's so much information, there's so much media, there's so much mind control already that's going on that it, even if you had Tic Tac video, JFK was killed by the CIA. All of these things on national, international news, it's going to be like, oh, okay, but what's what's Rihanna doing <laughs> at the Super Bowl? How far along is she in her pregnancy? Like, that's what people, we have, we have such a short attention spans in these younger generations that do they really give a shit if we went to the moon or not? Ultimately... Sure. Well, I think we've been so inundated by um, science fiction books and movies, more movies than books, because there aren't a whole lot of people that read books anymore, although I don't believe that. But yeah, that's not not, not as much as, as, say, when we were young. Um, that I think people become sort of cynical and numb to concepts like that. So they've been... They've been thrown so many wild ideas that seem so outlandish so m- many times that they don't see it as outlandish anymore. They see like when they hear about something like that that is supposed to be news, they're like, shit, I don't doubt it. But they don't really give it much thought other than that or what the implications of that might be. So, Right. I think it, there's a level of powerlessness when some of these things are revealed that it just becomes like, well, what am I supposed to do about sure, that? Exactly. You know? Yeah. So there you have it. There you words. Have it. We, we shared words, thoughts, feelings. It was good. Good times. Anyway, you know, you can look at people right there in that little. Well, why would thing. I do that when I could look at you? Oh, no. You've got all your <laughs> life to do that. We're, we spend just a short amount of time with these people. They know how I feel about them. I mean, my eye twitch a little bit. <laughs> anyway, if you have words of praise, criticism, guest recommendations, casserole recipes, you can send them yeah. to the Melt Podcast at protonmail.com or hunter-muse at protonmail.com. And I really appreciate the emails I've been receiving thank you uh i know i owe a couple of you emails um but it's really amazing to hear feedback positive and negative i truly enjoy it and from people all over the world it's it's really cool that that we 
are reaching people all over. And Absolutely. I just thank you guys because it's pretty amazing. For sure. And you are our, you are our best uh, way of getting out. If you, if you know of somebody that might, you know, think a particular episode or our whole podcast is interesting, please share it. And we encourage you to leave reviews and, and rate us on wherever it is that you get your podcast, because that actually helps uh, us get out too. So we bequeath you with the responsibility of helping spread these conversations far and wide, because I think that they're important. I think they're pertinent. At the very least, they're interesting and thought-provoking, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, that would be fantastic if you could do that. Thank all of you who have become patrons. Uh, hopefully you feel like it is worth your investment. Um, those people get an extra hour of interviews, barring this one, because Bart only does hour interviews. But also there are monthly melt meetups and... Um, Starting, well, actually, it will probably already be underway by the time that this episode comes out. We are doing a limited series uh, called Dark Matter with Emily Moyer and Laura Wilson uh, and guests here and there, uh, where we take a deep dive into the Twin Peaks canon and all that that implies. Um, Should be very interesting. We just did our first episode a couple of nights ago, and it was pretty fucking cool. It was cool. But I like our artisanal, bespoke audience. I like it. I like it. I like where we are. And if it grows, it grows. But yeah. you guys, uh, many of you have been here from the beginning, and we totally, totally appreciate you and love you. And we just are so grateful to have this opportunity to speak to you and to be here with you. So thank you. Thank you. And there's not a limited amount of those people. There's lots of really cool, um, uh, open-minded people who are into critical thinking and yeah. exploring different avenues. And yeah. yeah, we don't need millions. We don't need anything except five people. But we would like, I would like that. I think it's it's fun to see how wide the web can get and uh, what comes back and the exchange that happens. I think it's really cool. I think it's a great experiment and it's a fun experience. So yeah, thank you for playing. And I love all of our guests. We're really lucky that we've been able to talk to some incredible, amazing, interesting, savvy, smart folk. For sure. Yeah. And here we go. We're going to keep doing it. Don't you doubt it. Okay. Farewell all. We love you. Take care. We'll see you in the funny papers. Bye-bye. Ta-ta.